0: Thank you for joining me on Tennis Volley Talk, uh, episode 29, actually. Uh, So I'm so pleased to be here with you today. Uh, Today, what I did uh, is do an over-the-phone interview with a former Australian tennis player, Cullen Robertson, that ended up uh, going back to my roots as I go back to my roots often in Oklahoma, Uh, that uh, he ended up going to college in Oklahoma City University uh, back, uh, he got there back in about 1968, uh, back when I was about 13, 14, when I was starting my uh, tennis uh, playing days. Uh, And uh, he also wrote a book about being in Oklahoma for as long as he was. And uh, this is actually the -the over-the-phone interview uh, that I had with him, and I'll let you listen to it. I'll pause, kind of let you know where I was and what I was thinking of what he's saying, and uh, I want to, I hope that you enjoy, and uh, I will pause and talk about where I was at. So here is the interview with Colin Robertson. Thank you for
1: joining me here back on Tennis Ballet Talk. Um, Today I am on the phone with an interview with an Australian tennis player from Australia, Colin Robertson, that uh, actually took a strange course of how when he was in college, he went all the way from Sydney, Australia, all the way to Oklahoma Oklahoma City, actually. Uh, That must have been a pretty pretty culture shock uh, for you back then in your your days of playing tennis. Probably about
2: thirteen, fourteen, about the time you were starting to play your college years. Yes, I I I was really hooked on tennis in Australia and playing as much as I could. And I had started college in Australia, started university, and I found that university was hard, and I devoted a lot of time to it. Couldn't devote that much time to tennis, so. When I heard about the scholarship where you could get a, a tennis scholarship and still go to university, I thought that made sense for me. oh well, yeah,
1: for sure. And then uh, you know, and then then to actually have all the opportunities that you grew up with, as as far as as you know, being able play and being uh, because you kind of like you said in you mentioned in your book that you wrote being uh, in Oklahoma as long as you were. That you, when you learned and you started playing tennis that you kind of learned the basic good strokes where a lot of people just go out there and hit and never learn anything never learn the right strokes. So that's kind of how you kind of got as good as you were. Growing up in Sydney, tennis was kind of a way of life to learn
2: Some of the basics, and go to a tennis school for a short period of time. Most people got exposed to tennis or cricket or rugby or some sports as they grew up. And for me, that happened when I was uh, 13 or 14. A group of my friends from high from school decided to take tennis lessons. Fortunately, near where we lived, there was a big tennis school run by a man called Victor Edwards, who coached many great players, including Ron Gulligal, has quite a record. So I was lucky that I was at that school and got the advantages of being around a lot of good
1: players and a lot of good coaches. Oh, I'm sure. In order to then flow back. What's up?
2: asked him if he knew already high school kids graduating that might be interested in a college scholarship. And uh, so he he passed that information along to me when I was just
0: starting university. So, yeah, with that, uh, he was just starting the university at that time. So he, he, you know, had it in the back of his mind the whole time uh, with that also. you know, in in, in hopes uh, to go and then be involved with that tennis program in Oklahoma City uh, when he finally decided to uh, go to Oklahoma City and uh, on the tennis co- scholarship. And it turned out that
2: two, two players, myself and Noah Boyd, Brian Wilkinson, decided to uh, follow up. And since Oklahoma City had written to us, we took a look at the schedule that they had and i wrote letters then to several other schools on the schedule and finished up getting eight offers for full scholarship out of the 12 i wrote
1: oh sure and and that's 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 really good. and then, then when, when you ended up going yeah to to Oklahoma City i mean you kind of went from hot to just as hot then too, so you're kind of used yes. to it <laughs>
2: it was the middle of summer when i got there uh, well not quite like man, but, uh, and then it turned out to be over a hundred in a few weeks, so
1: it was definitely hot there. Oh, yeah, so it kind of went to hot to hot. <laughs> a little bit hotter at times, too.
0: So, yeah, it was a parallel. Uh, Then he was talking about the Oklahoma City roots that he had, that he grew up with uh, teaching tennis in Oklahoma City, uh, running a club and tournaments uh, there. But then as I was reading in his book that he had written, um, I I was seeing a lot of the parallels in like Shadow Mountain Racquet Club. I grew up there uh, watching and going and visiting Shadow Mountain Racquet Club, even playing there a few times too. So it was always a, a fun fun time uh reading uh about the Tulsa parts that I knew well uh back in Tulsa. Or the
1: Tulsa Tennis Club. Um... the Shadow Mountain for many years, because mm-hmm. 10 years in a row, I was uh, there at the B O K tennis tournament for 10 years in a row, and I have a slew of pictures of all the pros I took pictures of back then. Oh, yeah. I wish I had known that before when I was writing
2: my book. A because I've been able to get some
1: more information and photos from you, probably. Oh, yeah. I... I Absolutely, and I could probably scan a few photos to it and get them over to and what do you do? Oh, well. I, I did get that one good poster with Jimmy Connors from a, a fellow in Tulsa, who still had the original programs. Oh, wow. all oh, that is so. thing he wrote
2: up, Shannon, because a friend of mine was coming to to, to build that club, and he brought me in as a consultant on the project, and I invested in it, and
1: To just kind of even before the ATP tournament uh, uh, took hold and was there for a few years to-
0: Yeah, and Tulsa was growing with the tennis clubs at that time. They had the few like the Tulsa Tennis Club, and they had Tulsa Southern, uh, not Tulsa Southern, but uh, a few others a little further out uh, in the south part of uh, Tulsa. Uh, but yeah, the there and there it was such a nice little setting for a, a tournament uh, main court that it was all very intimate, and yeah, I think it was like a three. Or five thousand seat uh, venue, uh, which was really nice because you could see up close with any seat that you had uh, there at Shadow Mountain uh, during a tournament or watching on the main court. Oh, your
1: dad. Absolutely, and then, and then, uh, you know, when you first mentioned uh, your, your dear friend uh, that you that you had a few over the years that you were a from australia to come play with you there at right. Oklahoma city university and your dear friend lindsey straney which i yes, had the yes. opportunity to to actually talk to a few a little bit and see his see you know what he i saw him hit a little bit but i just you know it was kind of but I just, you know, had, had the opportunity to see him work in the crowd with the BOK and everything like that. And uh, it, it was just a wonder, wonderful, just being able to talk to him uh, on occasion, too. Yes, he was quite
2: a character. Of course, uh, I had to mention him a
1: lot in my book. Oh, absolutely, because you guys had some good adventures together, too. It did, it was
0: for twice. And they did have some adventures. They... they he Lindsey Straney invited Colin to go over overseas to I think it was Austria or can't remember from the book but it that was in another foreign country but they, he rented a car and they drove all over to tournaments uh, you know that way uh, so yeah it was really great that way but uh, you know also I just wanted to invite you uh, YouTubers that are watching this to actually subscribe to my channel. Like, make comments, see where I uh, what you might want me to do later on to talk about because I really like doing this. I want to keep continuing doing this. So, fine. Uh, if you want to uh, give me some hints on who to try to get a hold of and see what I can do, I will certainly do that. Uh, then, also, er, later in this, uh, you're going to see the Racket of the day, and this is for you, YouTube, you podcasters out there. So, if you do want to see what I'm talking about with the racket of the day, then you can certainly tune in uh, to that uh, and uh, like, subscribe to my channel, and uh, and then uh, you know uh, do it that way, and you'll get to see the racket of the day if if you want to go ahead and go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, and see what I'm talking about
2: grew up playing in australia and traveled
1: together and he was my roommate in college so oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and with that too uh, you know some of the stories in in uh with with your stories in your book there some of the little tidbits about you know that yeah the one gal that came in and was third, wanted to be taught lessons and you, you kind of were going well yeah you got good strokes but yeah you want to lose a little bit too <laughs> it's kind, of, it's kind of-
0: And so with that, too, with the with the mention of Cliff Price and him starting Totally Tennis and how he got uh, involved, when I read about his son, Nathan, and what he did, started out with uh, Prince uh, rackets, and then he went then over to Wilson. And then he had the design to make many designs of rackets and actually personally helped design Roger Federer's rackets that he was playing with. Uh, amazing story in what Nathan has done in his life with tennis and growing up uh, with tennis the way he did uh, is really amazing in itself uh, to actually learn all of that from uh, Cullen's book uh, of uh, moving from Sydney to Oklahoma. tried to cover about 50 years of tennis in the state. And of course, that's a reflection of National Conference.
1: We uh, went kind of a backyard sport, not uh, very to private clubs, and indoor tennis, and growth of the USTA. It was quite a good story, I thought. Oh, absolutely. And then, and then also with your, your uh, the Bobby Riggs story about you oh. trying to hustle you. <laughs> and that was really good, too, because I had the opportunity to see World Team Tennis back in the day when it came and that was actually just right after uh, Bobby, about probably a couple, three months after Bobby had played Billie Jean King. And then uh, uh, he was there, happened to be there at Tulsa uh, Convention Center. And, and, and I was watching the World Team Tennis. And I happened to sneak right down on court and was walking around. And there he was, kind of standing there in his sugar daddy coat. And I took a picture of him. And I still have that to this day oh that's great you know and and to be able to to have that picture too and then i actually have uh you know from the seats where i was at where chris everett's being interviewed and the lights are on her the guys yeah and then her face is kind of talking to the guy but you can tell it's chris everett and i have a picture of that too a couple of autographs, Tom Gorman, and uh, one of the autographs that probably not very many people have is Frank Hammond, one of the great referees of tennis in in the day. And I have his his autograph, and then I think I have, uh, uh, let's see, Tom Gorman, and then... uh, used to do that with a few of them, but a few of the little smaller clubs that you have like four by six courts or whatever it is uh, in some of the suburbs, uh, then, then what they keep it up year round, uh, but during the summer, they're
0: just that. And so me living in Minnesota, that's the way they do it in the wintertime in the smaller clubs. Uh, some of the bigger clubs used to do that and used to put the bubbles up and then take them down in the summer so they'd have the outside courts. Uh, and then, uh, but now the, some of the smaller clubs that do that, they just keep the bubble up, uh, year round, uh, during the summer, it does, uh, get a little bit warmer. So this not as busy, but during the winter time is when it really gets busy and they do have the class, the hitting sessions and all of that with, the with the tennis playing, uh, with the people that go out there and want to do the drills and everything with that under the bubble.
1: So that they can have an occasional summer, somebody go in there and book a court or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and everything too. And and then you know, with that, with two, uh, you you formed such a uh, tennis team to go sixteen and zero in a season, which is really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we had good teams. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you. And with, with all your the the of your friends coming from Australia to play too, that kind of helped you. Yes. And, and yeah. too, and everything too, and then with the courts, and I'm sure that you probably grew up on, on and, and myself, because, you know, I have my stories with the old guys at the tennis court uh, that, that I grew up with, you know, that. Joe Williams, and he was a talker from Alabama, and, you know, Hayward Kelly, and, and all those guys uh, that I grew up with, that, that I, and I grew up on the old, good, good old cement tennis court with the yellow lines and the cheating prints for a net, so <laughs> I had to learn how to play them fast <laughs> yes us, yes, yes. you know, and,
2: and
1: everything, too, but... But, you know, with that, it, it just is amazing that the correlation of, of, of you being in Oklahoma City and then also me being in Tulsa, that growing up in my roots, of, of growing up in the t- tournaments too, at Tracy Park and uh, LaForge and, and at, uh, you know, some of the other clubs around, which was really an experience with me too, to be able to do that through the years also. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was different times then. Well, yeah, it, it was very different times uh, back then, too, uh, with that. And, uh, you know, with, with, with you know, that, too, I've, uh, you know, just uh, have really always, and I've always kept it up. I've been playing, you know, like I've been playing myself for 50-plus years. So, you know, I may not have the, uh, as the final Def final strokes is, is a lot of people, but I still hold my own on occasion. I still play singles too.
0: Yeah, and I still play singles whenever I do it. So, uh, the, uh, you YouTubers, if you still uh, want to, you know, subscribe and like, uh, be sure and do that. Leave a comment of what you might want me to talk about. Would be more than happy to try to do that for you with you. Uh, And for you uh, podcasters out there, like I said, Racket of the Day is going to be coming up. So you'll be able to see what I'm talking about with Racket of the Day. And um, uh, like and subscribe if you want to go to the YouTube channel to see what I'm talking about with the Racket of the Day. Uh, Leave a comment uh, there also and see uh, what what you might want me to talk about or whatever it might be you're thinking about this. Sorry for the repeat. Uh, I must have uh, accidentally hit the uh, go back 15 seconds or whatever. Sorry about that. So you'll hear a couple of those that happened once before, and then this time. So sorry about that. But uh, I'll keep going and let you listen. And the
1: kids were 50 cents to get in, so you know, really expensive back then. But, but those those names right there, uh, to be able to go see those guys, that would have been a heck of a heck of a, a match to. Uh, or exhibition to see between those guys, you know, G- Gonzalez and, and you know Tevin and, and how they hit, and Gonzalez, I hear, hit, hit the ball hard too. Yeah, well, he was a great ball yeah, and, well, some baller. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, sure. And then uh, you know, with that, it's it's just. Uh, so wonderful to be able to to have all those experiences uh and get something like that because if you didn't or if, if i didn't get anything like that who knows where that would have ended up It would have ended up in the trash someplace you know uh-huh. like like you with your poster and stuff you know you you relish to have those kind of things too uh, yeah i really
2: searched around now trying to find photos Kenya tournaments and there were very few random the events in oh sure um much available. Oh sure,
1: absolutely. And then uh, you know, with, with the fact that of uh, uh, of playing in the tournaments and, and having the overflow. And like you were saying that whenever you ran that one tournament that had like seven hundred entrants in it that was really, that was great. And then, all of the, when, when you say, hey Frank, when you talk to Frank, Roy, then he goes, oh yeah, we got a thousand or more in ours. <laughs> made the whole book so much more so interesting to it with all the tidbit of stories that you had yeah well, I put it oh, sure. absolutely and, and being, being there and living in in, uh, in oklahoma for as long as you did uh was was amazing in itself to to be there as long and, and but you know be able to go back and visit australia too but uh, you know with that it uh it's always good to get back to, to home too, and I've been back to uh, yes. uh, I've been back to uh, uh, Tulsa a few times. And last October, I was able to go see a women's regional tennis at Oklahoma State University for a day, which was unbelievably good. It was some yeah. great tennis to be played. You know? Yeah,
2: that's a,
1: in the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was just a wonderful, wonderful facility. With with the ones that you were showing in your book, to to and how they just, you know, how it was so upgraded for the tennis fans to be able to watch tennis and <laughs> and to see all the good tennis that's being played too is always great uh, to be able to see that. But also, like I was gonna, like I said, uh, with that, uh, with the exhibitions and everything too. Uh,
0: yeah with the tennis clubs that grew uh, that that built more for tennis fans for the enjoyment of the tennis fans when i went to oklahoma city to go see the women's regional tennis that was such an amazing facility because they have eight indoor courts and then they have 12 outside courts but it's all built with bleachers the courts are sunken down so you're on the bleachers looking down at the court so you can see all the play that is being played and what a great view that you have with uh with playing or watching the play uh being done
1: uh, one, of your, one of your ones that you were in the exhibition with luca and borg and anything is is that uh you know, I, I, was reading also that you were in a few others, and uh, I think it was Borg and Newcomb and Rosewall and uh, Roach, Uh, and then there was uh, see Nastasi and Gerolaitis, and I watched all three of those. The only other one was Tanner and Rosewall I didn't get to watch, but... It was watching.
0: And it has been an amazing opportunity for me to be able to be able to get those pictures uh, like I did over the years. But back then, it was a lot more relaxed than what it is now with all the credentials that you have to have and prove that you're a media person and a, and a photographer and all of that. But still, I was able to, to, to be able to do that. Uh, so you YouTubers, if you do like that and any of the stories like that, uh, just uh, watch, uh, be sure and subscribe and like my channel and uh, be, um, also uh, make a comment and see, you know, what, what you might want me to do. And for, like I said, you podcasters, that racket of the day will be coming up real soon. And so if you want to take a look at the racket uh, that I'm talking about, uh, then be sure and go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk. Uh, and subscribe and like and comment.
1: You said uh, grow up in that era of tennis, that tennis was such a boom that you, you learned and you played once. And I feel that back then, uh, people that got into tennis back then, uh, actually, I feel that they just kind of got that bug and I have always held on to that. I've always played in it since then. And a lot of kids, a lot of people nowadays that got into it in the late 80s, into the 90s, they got it. Oh, it's fun. But I'll go out and play it, and it's great. uh uh-huh. sure go to my YouTube tennis while we talk. Hello, hello, there.
0: Sorry about that. Just was experimenting with some things. Uh, couldn't get the interview up right away, so then I finally found it, and I had to check and make sure I had it. So anyway, with that, uh, t- today, now, right now, uh, uh, you YouTubers going to be able to see the racket of the day. And then uh, you podcasters, if you want to take a look at what I'm talking about with the racket of the day, then certainly go to my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk. And then, uh, you know, take a look at what I'm talking about. So uh, subscribe and uh, uh, like and Uh, Take it from there, but now uh, for the racket of the day now. This is actually a Bancroft racket of Monte Carlo the Bjorn Borg uh, look uh, here uh, with the uh, racket by Bancroft now uh, the thing uh, You know this racket here probably like uh, in in the uh, mid 50s 60s in that era of, of rackets as they go uh, uh Borg uh, used this racket uh, but anyway uh, the uh, the uh, Bancroft was actually uh, founded in 1882 and uh, that were by an American Frederick uh, J. Bancroft and uh, called uh, uh, and the brand was actually called after his surname Bancroft. Uh, he started uh, making wood rackets uh, back in 1882 on, in his home uh, using white ash that he got from Vermont because not only was it uh, was it uh, perfect uh, perfect because it was lightweight but also very strong for ash too uh, back in the day uh, And then uh, early 90s uh, business was booming and he had over 200 employees his in his, uh, in his uh, uh, manufacturing company making tennis rackets, wood tennis rackets all through that time in the early 1900s. Uh, and then uh, a lot of pro players used uh, Bancroft or uh, uh, like uh, uh, Bill Tilden, uh, one Wibbledon with Bancroft, uh, Billy, Billie Jean King uh, used uh, Bancroft. uh, Also, Martina Navratilova used the Bancroft brand uh, of uh, that. But the most famous tennis player that uh, played, of course, is Bjorn Borg. Uh, He actually had the Bancroft uh, uh, there. Uh, Bjorn from Sweden, of course, uh, like Federer. Uh, but uh, he also had another personal racket, the Dunier racket, that he used also after Bancroft. Uh, but uh, this uh, very nice racket here, uh, uh, there. But, uh, you know, with that, uh, Bancroft uh, then, uh, they uh, were, started to be on the decline uh, in the late 1900s. Uh, and, uh, because of the interest that the wood rackets, uh, weren't, was not there anymore, uh, with that. And, um, they didn't have the technologies as other, uh, companies did, uh, such as, uh, uh, the shape of the head that was going to be bigger and that kind of improved, uh, that was improved the performance, uh, or, uh, Changing frame wood to graphite, uh, they did not have the tools and uh, uh, to make the change to, uh, you know, do anything more better with any rackets too, and then going uh, the companies uh, newer, the newer companies were uh, born uh, and um, started to get more popular and pushed Bancroft uh, out of the market with making more composite in fiberglass rackets and all of that. So this is a very good racket here uh, and I hope you enjoy it. But you YouTubers, you see it, Uh, you podcasters, if you wanna take a look at it, go to my YouTube channel and uh, like and subscribe for both of you and um, uh, leave a comment and let me know what you think of uh, what you want me to do or whatever. But I do thank you very much for listening again today, uh, and uh, all this've uh, got, still got uh, places that are going to have the remaining bit of the summer circuit going on and uh, get out there and play if that's a nice day uh, through the week this week. And thank you very much and have a great week uh, playing. Thank you.